On episode 334 of Nintendo Switchcraft, I've got a secret. Switch games are on sale. We've got some news about Bayonetta 3, those stories and more on this episode of Nintendo Switchcraft. Let's get started. Switchcraft is brought to you live three times a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern and on Saturday at whenever time I can get to it. Tune in live by heading on over to twitch.tv slash run, jump, stomp. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by Hyrulean Julian. If you want to get Switchcraft and my other content ad-free for as little as a dollar, join the Patreon over at patreon.com slash run, jump, stomp. All right. I, I said that I had a secret. And I do, uh, but I can't tell you about the secret until tomorrow. Tomorrow, I am interviewing the, uh, uh, I think her name is Ashley. Ashley, uh, who works over at SMG. They are the developers who brought out a a very cool game uh, that I did a first look of on my YouTube channel called Death Squared. It's this very, very interesting game where you, you, you are these these little cubes and you have to move the little cubes to solve puzzles but uh as you move the cubes around it affects the other cubes so you're playing as a multiplayer kind of thing and you have to work together to solve the puzzle but uh, like maybe one uh, one cube will move over a, a trap door and it will uh get sprung by one of the other cubes for moving so you have to overcome the traps and tricks in the puzzle in order to solve it as a team, which is kind of cool. So when they sent me a a tweet or not a tweet, they sent me a a DM on, on, on Twitter and they said, we've got a project that we want to talk about. And I said, well, that's awesome. How about, uh, we, I interview you for your secret project. And they said, that sounds great. So tomorrow I'm going to be interviewing, uh, Ashley from, uh, SMG to talk about their secret project, which right now, being completely honest, I don't know anything about it. So uh, we will find out more information tomorrow. I won't be uh, broadcasting the interview live. I'm going to make sure that it's uh, that that they're going to let me know when it's what what time. Uh, I can post the interview, or if I have to wait a couple days to post it, uh, and as soon as I know, you guys will know. So it'll be like a bonus little extra episode of Nintendo Switchcraft that you'll end up with sometime in the next seven or eight days, I think. Uh, That being said, let's take a look at Amazon. Uh, That was an appropriate sound effect, because the little coins, uh, that's what you're going to be saving if you head on over to Amazon uh, right now, and before we get any further, I I try not to do this very often, but if you guys go to runjumpstomp.com/thank you, uh, that's runjumpstomp.com/thank you. You're going to see um, this website, and if you're listening to the show, just go there and you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, but you'll see my website, and if you scroll down, there's a button for Amazon, and there's a thing here that says click this link and buy the stuff you normally would. Well, what stuff? 
might you normally buy? Well, you might normally buy things like Super Smash Brothers Ultimate for $49 or Yoshi's Crafted World for $49 or Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe for $49. It looks like we've got a bunch of Nintendo Switch games that are currently on sale. So the ones that I'm seeing right here, uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, Yoshi's Crafted World, Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe, which I'm going to talk about that later on in the show a little bit because uh, I've got somebody who emailed me about it. Um, let's see. Just Dance is on sale. What else is on sale here? Uh, what does that mean? Super Dragon Ball? Oh, you can pre-order Super Dragon Ball for 49 right now. Uh, Mario Odyssey is on sale for like $4 off. Who cares? Crash Insane Trilogy is on sale for $10 off. Uh, what else is on sale here? We've got Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition is on sale for $10 off. That game is really awesome, and if you don't have it, you should pick it up, and And saving $10 on it is is uh, great. ARMS is on sale for $49. Um, NBA 2K19 is on sale for $27. So there's lots and lots of stuff that's on sale over at Amazon. So if you are a fan of Nintendo stuff and you've been waiting for a sale, it's not like the best sale. You know, you're not saving lots of money on most of these, but you're saving a little. And, you know, that little bit can add up over time to equal a lot. Maybe eventually you'll be able to get a new game. So who knows? Which way you go? Uh, Bayonetta 3. Bayonetta 3, we've been waiting to hear something about Bayonetta 3 for a while now. It seems like it's been a very long time since we've heard anything about this game. They announced, uh, I think it was at the Game Awards in December. Uh, They said, oh, and by the way, we're working on Bayonetta 3. And then they didn't say anything else. Or maybe... Maybe I'm wrong about that. You know, maybe it was that we already knew that they were working on Bayonetta 3. Yeah, that's what it was. We knew that they were working on Bayonetta 3 because it was mentioned in a direct at some point. And then at the Game Awards, if I'm remembering this correctly, they focused on showing off a game called Astral Chain instead of Bayonetta 3. I might be mixing my events up, but it's not really important what order things happened in. What 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 matters here? is that we finally have some news about Bayonetta 3. And it's not like a release date or anything like that. We don't have a trailer for it. Uh, So it's not anything to get super excited about. But I did see it posted all over the place. So clearly people are excited for Bayonetta 3. Now myself, I've never played it. I never played Bayonetta 1. I never played Bayonetta 2. My only experience with Bayonetta is playing uh, as her or against her in Super Smash Bros., Ultimate, as well as Super Smash Brothers for the Wii U and 3DS. I don't know anything about Bayonetta. I know it's, and people are going to get mad at me when I say this. Please don't get upset. Uh, but but it's a button masher kind of game. And for the most part, those games don't appeal to me. Now, that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense because I just told you that I really liked Hyrule Warriors, which is another button masher game. I know, it's a Musou game, not a button masher. Whatever, it's a button masher game. And that kind of game normally doesn't appeal to me. Hyrule Warriors, or the Warriors games, the Musou games, uh, those seem to be the exception to the rule, if that makes sense. Uh, I really have had a lot of fun with both Fire Emblem Warriors and um, 
And now I've forgotten the other one. Oh yeah, Hyrule Warriors. And I'm very much looking forward to Persona Warriors, which is not what they, I think they called it Persona 5 S. And the S stands for Smash the Buttons. I can't remember what it stands for off the top of my head. Um, I'm sure that I will get tweets of people telling me what it stands for. But that that's beside the point. Um, I, I kind of went down a rabbit hole with this whole button masher thing. Let's rein it back in, Bell, and see if we can focus for more than three seconds without seeing something shiny. Ooh. Uh, okay, let's let's get focused. Uh, so Bayonetta 3, we finally have some news. This comes to us from the videogameschronicle.com. And it says here uh, that, the, um, that Platinum was talking to, uh, in an interview, uh, Mr... Atsushi Inaba, uh, sorry if I butcher the name, uh, they were talking to someone in an interview and they said that basically Platinum is is undergoing a, a big change, both in the way that they conduct business and the way that they approach game design. Um, as far as conducting business, I really don't care about that, uh, so I'm not going to focus on that as much. Uh, but let's talk about what they said about game about how their approach to game design is changing. Uh, it says here on a no, that's on a business side. Okay, here we go. The games development team has learned uh, enough from creating the first two games to improve its approach. Inaba said. Uh, so here's the quote. He says, "With Bayonetta one and two, we had basically an orthodox development process, at least for us." Uh, We did stage one, then stage two, then stage three, and built up the drama and the pacing chronologically. For Bayonetta 3, we can say that we learned enough from making the past two games to change our process in a way that's different from what I just described. Maybe, uh, so then uh, he was asked if the process changes were strictly related to how the game is developed or if... You know, you and me, well, not me, but you and the other people who are Bayonetta fans will say, oh, this is very different. This is not like the other Bayonetta games. Uh, I can see how they have changed things. Uh, He said, uh, what's his name again? I forgot. Um, Scrolling, scrolling. I can't find his name. Um, Ah, Inaba. Inaba. Okay, so Mr. Inaba said, maybe the players will recognize this as well. And that is all the the hints that you get. Uh, he, he also said that Platinum has a ton of different talented directors, and they're always vying for different projects. As I mentioned before, we make a lot of different games all at the same time. And so, without a doubt, there's enough talent here to fill the jobs that Hashimoto-san represented. Uh, talking about uh, what's going on with uh, the fact that Mr. Hashimoto has, has left the, the company. Uh, so Mr. Inaba also did not say who is helming Bayonetta 3. Um, that doesn't mean that there's trouble in the water. It doesn't mean or the blood in the water. It just means that that maybe there may, maybe there's co-leads or maybe they're so early in the design process that they don't need somebody to be the chief design director yet. They're still getting ideas together. No matter what. It seems like that that the new process that they're going through is something where, and this is just a guess based on what little pieces of information I can glean from this article, 
But what if he says that there's lots and lots of teams? Maybe they're having, instead of having one team work on segment one and then the next team and then they have that team move on to segment two and then another and then that same team work on segment three what if they're breaking it up so that they have different people working on different parts of the game and i would say to that there's a there's a reason why that could be really cool and there's a reason why that could be very very bad for the for the game uh, let's talk about why it could be cool first, because I like to be an optimistic guy. I like to always assume that things are going to work out. That's why I, I, I very rarely do I uh, do. Am I negative about stuff? Uh, I always try and, you know, be constructive and positive about things. So how could an idea like that, which he didn't even say that they're doing, how could that be cool? Well, one thing, one way that I think it could be very cool is if they if they do that, then basically it's like each level is a different game. Uh, I think I, I this is not a game that I've played, but the new Travis um, Travis Revenge guy, oh my, No More Heroes, I think is the the original the original name of the the series, and it features Travis Touchdown is like the the main character the protagonist, I guess, in that series. I think the new one that just came out, which I have not played, I've heard that that plays like that. Like each level is a different style of game. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that Bayonetta 3 will be like that, but what I, I guess I'm saying is what it wouldn't it be cool if there is a certain mechanic that is unique to each level because each level was designed by a completely different team. I think that, that would be really neat. Uh, it Very Mario-like, if that makes sense. If you go and play any of the 3D Mario games, they, they have a tendency for uh, you to be taught a new mechanic at the beginning of a level, and then by the end of that level, you master that mechanic, and then the next level teaches you a new mechanic and you do the whole thing all over again. I really like that style of gameplay. And if that's what it's like, then this might be the first Bayonetta game that I try. That being said, there's also, you have to walk a really fine line to get that right. Because without having a a singular person who is in charge of all of the design decisions, you can end up with a very, very fragmented mess that does not actually pull together at any point. I'm going to give you an example, and there is going to be people who are angered by my example. I just thought of it just now. All right. Um, Here's my example. Are you ready? Marvel Cinematic Universe versus the DC Cinematic Universe. Okay. The Marvel Cinematic Universe, and don't worry, I'm not going to spoil anything. Nothing at all. The Marvel Cinematic Universe, well, actually, before I even get to my point, I should point out that I like movies from both, and I don't think that there's any that I've very that I've really disliked from either, except my wife and I tried watching Aquaman, and we got bored and stopped watching it. We've had plenty of people tell me that the beginning is not great, and that it gets much better, so we have to go back to that. 
Uh, that being said, uh, I like uh, like the the Justice League movie. I thought it was fine. It wasn't awesome. It wasn't amazing. It didn't blow my socks off, but I enjoyed it. So when I say Marvel Cinematic Universe versus the DC Cinematic Universe, just don't be mad. All right? We can disagree on stuff. So the Marvel Cinematic Universe has one person who is in charge of it. And that one person is Kevin Feige. All right. He's the guy who works at Disney. He has a he always wears a baseball cap, even with a suit. And he is the guy who decides what is going to be happening, basically. Now, does that really is that really true? Or is he just the figurehead that we all see? Maybe there's a team of people that make those decisions. I don't know. I think that that's a really good model. The other model is the one that DC uses, where basically they say, we're going to give each director of uh, each movie their own creative freedom to do what they want with that movie. Now, there's there's something to be said for that, because now the directors don't have their hands shackled by lore that they have to worry about. Um, but that also means that when you go from one movie to the next, sometimes things just don't mesh together. And... That has always kind of bothered me about the DC Cinematic Universe. Now, I can sit down and watch uh, Justice League or, um, you know, the the new Joker movie that's coming out. I can watch those and enjoy my popcorn and laugh at the funny moments and be upset by the intense things that happen or be amazed when uh, Hero X does thing Y. Uh, in this, in the in the DC movies, just as much as I can in the Marvel movies, but I think that, especially with, and this is especially true with the culmination of the, uh, I think they called it the Infinity Saga, where the twenty two movies that came before all kind of get summed up and uh, explained in one movie, like. That's not something that happens in the DC universe because they let each director do their own thing. And if we're looking at Bayonetta 1 and 2 as, you know, they 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 sit there and they build the levels sequentially and they work together to figure out exactly how it's going to work. And then with Bayonetta 3, they kind of say, okay, we've got all these different teams. All these different teams are going to do their own thing and we're going to just take them and put them together at the end. That could be bad, but it could be awesome. Let me just remind everybody that at no point did uh, did Mr. I've forgotten his name again. What is wrong with me? Did Mr. Anaba at no point did Mr. Anaba say that that's what's happening? He just said that they were going away from a orthodox design experience and I'm just trying to come up with what the hell does he mean by that? So everything that I just said could probably be thrown in the trash and wouldn't matter. Um, but it's always fun to speculate, don't you think? If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. 
That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, speaking of movies, oh my gosh, speaking of movies, we, you know, I wasn't going to talk about this on this show. I was going to talk about this on Run, Jump, Stomp, which is my my general gaming show, which if you haven't subscribed yet, you should subscribe. Check it out. Head on over to, is it, uh, just runjumpstomp.com slash shows is, is how you can get to that show. All right, go subscribe right now. It would be a huge help if all you did was subscribe to it in your uh, podcasting listening device of choice. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog. I wanted to talk about this on the other show because it's not really a Nintendo show, but I didn't get to address it on the Friday episode of run jump stomp and i don't want to wait another week to talk about it um so i am going to talk about sonic the hedgehog and for those of you who are living under a rock uh we got the first trailer for sonic the hedgehog actually oh man somebody just went by on a motorcycle um or maybe it was sonic running by very very quickly um we, we saw a still image i don't know if it was leaked or if it was something that was posted by the the movie team, I guess this is a movie podcast now. Who knew? Um, but it was of Sonic's legs. Like he was sitting on, if I'm remembering right, the Golden Gate Bridge. And uh, you could just see his legs. And people were like, well, that, that looks weird. I don't know how I feel about that. <clears throat> and I, at the time, I said, well... You know, it's not anything to be upset about. Let's just wait and we'll see what happens. Maybe when we see it in motion, it will be better. And that is that is that is not the case because I, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you a little a little a little I'm not gonna actually have it moving because then my YouTube video will get um will get taken down or monetized by somebody. Uh we we saw uh a of the first trailer. And when, when you see Sonic in motion, well, man, oh man, it's not great. It's not great. And then when you see his face, uh, his face is not great either. I'm going to fast forward to, oh yes, here it is. This is, I mean, this is bad. This looks hideous. 
And people were really ticked off about this. People saw this and they said, they said, oh, no, you didn't. They got really upset about how Sonic looks in this movie. Now, I will say this. I completely agree that Sonic doesn't look like Sonic. And what they've done here is very creepy. When I look at this, I feel a little creeped out. But, and I say this with a big butt, <laughs> big butt. Um, I say this with hes- hesitation as well. This movie's not for me. I, 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 everybody thinks that anything that had anything to do with their childhood, when they make the new thing of the thing that has to do with their childhood, it has to be for the person who had that childhood. And that's not necessarily true. This is for other people. It's not for me. It's for other people. I adore playing Sonic. I never really liked the TV show. My son had a lot of fun watching the TV show back in the day. There's been various iterations of the TV show uh, over time. And none of them have been particularly good. None of them have been particularly enjoyable. And I know that there's people who are out there who are like, well, Bill, you just you just hate anything that's not a, that's a vi- based on a video game that's not a video game. That's not true. I actually like the war. <clears throat> I actually really like the Warcraft movie. Excuse me for my cough. I really liked the Warcraft movie. I bought the Warcraft movie. Uh, m- we have watched it multiple times. I think that that. Um, uh, I can't remember his name, Duncan, something Duncan. Uh, man, you know what? My memory today with names is awful. I'm lucky I can remember Sonic. Um, Duncan Jones. Thank you, uh, Vaxer in chat. Duncan Jones. Um, I think Duncan Jones did a fantastic job with the Warcraft movie and it got, um, it got critically panned and the gamers hated it because it didn't, it wasn't exactly what they thought it was going to be. I think that a lot of people who hated that movie, and maybe I'm wrong, may if and if this is not how you felt about it, then tweet at me at runjumpstomp, hashtag Nintendo Switchcraft. But I think that a lot of people didn't like the Warcraft movie because they imagined one thing and we got a different thing. And rather than than judge the the thing that we got on its own merits, they judged the thing that they got based on what that they what they wanted. Does that make sense? So a lot of people are looking at this and they're they're judging it based on what they want, n- not what they got. And a lot of people were very very outspoken and the director actually took to Twitter and said Thank you for the support and the criticism. The message is loud and clear. You aren't happy with the design and you want changes. It, I'm sorry, my throat is just killing me today. It's going to happen. Everyone at Paramount and Sega are fully committed to making this character the best he can be. And then he used the hashtag gotta fix fast. So, okay. The internet rejoiced. But... I don't think that the internet should rejoice this soon. Now, there's, of course, conspiracy theories out there of people who are saying, uh, okay, 
they they made this a bad version on purpose to subvert our expectations so that when the good version comes out we'll all be blown away and i i can can explain why that would work but i don't think that they would waste resources on doing that um let's look at mario plus rabbits that got leaked everybody hated hated on it and then when we actually got to see it in action and then play it we were like oh it's now a darling. We love it. Uh, that's the kind of thing. I don't think that that's what happened here. I don't think that that's ha- what happened even for a second. I think that you, they designed this character by um, probably by committee, by a committee of people who didn't play the game. And does that mean that the design is bad? No, that's not. Well, just because they didn't play the game doesn't mean that that's the reason that, that the design is bad. It just happens to be a bad design. And, you know, people fixed it. You know, people who are very, very talented were able to go in and make Sonic look more like Sonic. But the thing about this movie that I think that people are forgetting is that the trailer... I mean, the the look on Sonic's face and Sonic's design overall is not the only problem with this movie. If you're going into this movie expecting somebody to whisper Rosebud at the end, then you're going to be disappointed. This is not that kind of movie. It is a fun, stupid popcorn flick. And those movies are just as valid for entertainment as epic sagas like the Lord of the Rings or the Infinity Saga. Like, that's just as valid of a movie type as everything else. It's okay to have fun, dumb movies. That's fine. And that's where I feel like this fits in. This fits into... Jim Carrey in the 90s. And by the way, if you didn't know, Jim Carrey plays uh, Dr. Robotnik in it, uh, where he like he wants to take down... I'm trying to find a picture of him. Here we go. He's trying to take down uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, and he looks uh, nothing like Dr. Robotnik, so people were automatically a little bit tilted there, but then at the very end of the trailer, we see that he looks a lot more like Dr. Robotnik. And, you know, there's people who are saying, well, maybe this is at the end of the movie when they're trying to go for the sequel uh, or to set up the sequel. I don't know. All I know is that this movie seems more like a 90s Jim Carrey movie than anything else. And if I went back to the 90s and watched a Jim Carrey movie, you know, like Ace Ventura or something like that, I have to admit that I laughed at a lot of it and if you go into this movie with the expect with the expectation that you're going to be getting a funny 90s Jim Carrey movie, not uh, an epic saga of Sonic the Hedgehog, which have we ever had a really good version of a cartoon of that, of a show of that? Not really, in my opinion. Um, if you go into it with that idea, then maybe you'll actually enjoy the movie. But I think that it's too late. I think that there's a lot of people who have decided that this movie is hot garbage uh, long before the trailer came out. As as soon as we saw that first still image of Sonic's legs. Anyway, 
let's uh, let's move on to one last story. Mario, Super Mario, Super Mario World. All right, Super Mario World is not coming to the Nintendo Switch. I wish it were, but what is coming to the Nintendo Switch? Well, we've got three new NES games coming to Nintendo Switch Online. What are those three games? Well, we've got Donkey Kong 2 versus Excite Bike and Clue Clue Land. Now, Donkey Kong or not Donkey Kong 2, Donkey Kong Jr. Uh Donkey Kong Jr really doesn't need any explanation. Versus Excite Bike though does need an explanation. Versus Excite Bike is basically the arcade version of Excite Bike. Back in the 80s, Nintendo had these um these arcade machines where they had two screens and you could play against the other person on the the like each person had their own screen, which is kind of weird, but you would race. And I don't know that versus Excite Bike was ever on the NES. That is surprising. I mean, Excite Bike was on the NES, but versus Excite Bike, I'm not so sure about. So that's actually really surprising. Uh, very confusing a little bit too. Uh, and then the third game is Clue Clue Land. Clue Clue Land is this really fun puzzle game. Uh, it's a top down. Uh, you're looking down from above. You're playing as like some fish with wrenches for hands. <laughs> and there are all of these poles uh, that you can grab as you go by and then you'll spin around them. And throughout the board, each board has invisible coins. They look like the rupees from Zelda on the NES, okay? Uh, in fact, this came out before that, so Zelda actually stole the coins from this game, if that makes sense. Uh, they're invisible. You can't see them until the character Clue Clue, or actually, I don't know if that's the name of the character. I did a an NES archive video about this like last year or something. I can't remember all of the details, but um, you go over where the coin is and then it shows up and your job is to uh, find all of them and it'll show like a pattern like maybe it's a box or a house or something else you know like a pair of socks I don't know Uh, but you go through and you uh, you try and uncover the pattern and then while you're doing that there's enemies that are coming after you and you can think if I remember right you can shoot a bubble at them and that will stun them, and then you can go through them to get rid of them. It's actually a really fun game, and I like Clue Clue Land a lot, although it's also really, really difficult. So uh, those are the three games that are coming to Nintendo Switch, uh, Nintendo Entertainment System Online this month. Uh, no, no ideas about what the fourth one is. Every month, Nintendo uh, announces the games that they're going to give us, and then they also throw in uh a a special version with like an sp version of one of the games or one of the previous games uh that's changed in some way maybe you start a game like right before the boss or maybe you've got the new new game plus version of it already unlocked so that you can play it again uh anyway i think that that's cool and i'm not super excited about any of these I, i i just really really want uh super nintendo stuff you know um, I talked for a really long time today, so I'm actually, uh, you know what? I'm just, let's get to the feedback, but I'm going to make it quick. 
Introducing the next generation from Nintendo. New Super Mario World, created especially for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. It's a bit more exciting, a bit more challenging, a bit more graphic, a bit more colorful, a bit more... A bit too long. Uh, I'm going to stop that that little uh, clip there, and let's move on to the feedback. Lee sent me an email. They said, hey, Bill, I've played the Sioux... I've played the new Super Mario Deluxe Wii, but never did get the Wii U version. I also never got Mario Maker for the Wii U. I loved the Super Mario Deluxe Wii and 2DS, and I'm wondering if I was to buy just one, which one should I buy? One has infinite levels, and the other has beautiful handcrafted levels. Thanks, Lee. That's tough. That's a really tough choice. Um... If I were to choose, I would say, I, I, I would probably say um, Super Mario um, Builder, or what, what the hell, Mario Maker, Mario Maker for the Switch, or Super Mario Maker 2 is, is the name of the game. That's the one I would probably go with, because not only can you make your, or play other people's, but you can also make your own, and it's actually really fun. I'm very bad at it, but I remember once... Um, I was I was super sick. I had the flu and I was coughing all night and I didn't want to keep my wife awake. So I got up, I went and slept on the couch and I spent I couldn't sleep because I just kept coughing and I spent all night making a level in Super Mario Maker on the tablet and then uh the, you know the next day disinfected the thing, you know, and then let my son play it and it was actually really cool. Uh so I would go with Mario Maker in addition to having infinite Mario, you're also going to have some, some experiences from Mario maker that are beautifully handcrafted. Uh, don't think of Mario maker as all garbage levels. Yes. Nintendo has some really amazing designers, but that that's really hard to top the collective ability of millions of people playing a game. And I think you'll have a lot more fun and a lot more gameplay with Mario Maker than you will with Super Mario Deluxe for the uh, Deluxe for the Switch, if that makes sense. All right, I'm gonna take the the other the other feedback and I'm gonna drop it out of today's episode just because I went uh, long talking about Sonic. So let's wrap things up. Way. Oh my god, this one again? I gotta get my randomizer fixed. It's playing the same stuff all the time. Uh, okay, listen, if you want to become part of the community, head on over to our Discord channel over at runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. You can also watch the live show at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. You can get a hold of me using at uh, runjumpstomp on Twitter. Use the hashtag Nintendo Switchcraft so that I know which show it goes with. If you're looking for ways to support the show, stop by runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. And if you want more content like this, go to runjumpstomp.com slash shows. The music you are hearing right now is Corneria Star Fox Remix by Noteblock. Check out their stuff by following the link in the show notes. I'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.